bad and bullshit. Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erin. And I'm Erica. And Erica, today we are joined by Washington Post tech columnist, Taylor Lorenz. Taylor, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We, Erica and I like nerd out a lot on like tech and influencer stuff. And so it can kind of like get into a bit of an echo chamber with us. So we're like really glad to have your perspective as like someone who covers this and gets paid to do it. (laughs) I find this fascinating, by the way. It's a dream job. It really, well, except for the other side. (laughs) I don't mind. I don't mind. I'm it's I'll take the good. I'll take the bad with the good. (laughs) But I, I find, okay. So whenever I talk to people in like management in like news in this country, I say, why don't you all have a tech and society vertical? right? Because that's basically what you're covering. Yes, influencer culture, pop culture. So but the internet is pop culture. And I feel like we have all these culture writers here who don't talk about the internet much. And I'm just like, how? Everything starts on the internet now. Yeah, it's a very Canadian problem. It is. Like Canadians just like don't understand internet culture in the way that Americans do. Right. Unless you're like kind of in like the fandom, like BTS or some other sort of like group like that, where you kind of really follow all of the things. But yeah, generally Canadians, I think much like our Canadian exceptionalism, look at that sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah, they do. And I'm just like, listen, people, If you all knew about the wellness industry, first of all, imagine how further you would be with your little vaccination plan. Like, seriously, like I could see this coming. I'm like, those anti-vaxxers are going to come out. Watch. Why? Because we've been, we like Aaron and I nerd out about internet stuff all the time. And we've been like just internet people for a long time. Anyway, let me shut up. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's funny. I yeah, I think America is sort of heavily into the it's it's a very like American thing to be like a content creator influencer. I mean, obviously in Asia it's it's popular too, but um I feel like the UK and Canada are always like one step removed kind of. Um but there's a lot of there's a lot of really good British um internet culture writers and some good Canadian ones too. Um Julia Alexander who's a good friend of mine who reports um, now she writes for Puck. She mostly writes about streaming, but she was iconic internet culture reporter for a while, covering YouTubers, all that stuff. And she's from Toronto. So there's some people. Well, that's, that's kind of the thing is that like the Canadian culture internet writers get poached by like more global or U S companies. And there just isn't, the population or interest here to sustain that sort of position long term and I mean you're probably unfamiliar but like Canada's media landscape just like in the U.S. is just decimated like local news doesn't exist of course it's not owned by like someone like Sinclair but um, it just like doesn't really exist except for you've got like the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, our public broadcaster who does do all of that reporting, but 
it's also not their responsibility to cover the culture side. Well, they do have an arts and culture whole section, right? That's that's like traditional arts. But that's the problem is that the whole idea of culture in Canada is this upper class, white, exclusive, go to the Royal Opera or see the Winnipeg Ballet do Nutcracker or something like that, right? Like that's... Aaron, I don't lie. I'm like, oh, it's know. so it's true. So, it's so it specific. So and it's just like, those are exactly like the tours you see come through Ottawa like every year. I know. <laughs> I, I miss Nutcracker every year. <laughs> but that's what culture is like. And, and I really want to get into the class and race and gender stuff of this. Is that the whole idea of culture is predicated still on Protestant white, male, upper class um, tastes. So, yeah, yeah, in (laughs) Canada. In the U.S. also. I mean, we're basically, honestly, we're not that different. Don't let any Canadian tell you. Well, I think especially in legacy media, I mean, you just still see those divides and you see legacy media places just really, really struggle to understand the current media climate. Um, I can't tell you how well I know that, like from experience. I I'm telling you I was I've been in these meetings and I'm just like oh shit I'm from like news people don't know about media and I was just like it blew my mind and tons of media reporters you know not the media reporters at the New York Times and other places that are very legit but you know like cable news people like cable news media reporters they just sit all day on Twitter and write about like oh what kind of like Twitter drama you know can we write about they're not interested in actually reporting on the really wild, you know, foundational shifts that are happening in media right now or covering any of these crazy emerging companies or anything like that. Their, their world is so small and they really under, only, they only understand media through the lens of media Twitter and maybe like 300 people. And it's just maddening. Um, and, and I, you know, I, they all hate me because of that, but it's just, it drives me crazy. <laughs> So do you think I, you know, going forward, what I find is that we can either read you or like The Verge, <laughs> you know, when, There's when, when, of- you know, oh. like I, I, I know this is your field, so you know a lot of, but coming up from here, from this viewpoint, well, there's Engadget too and, and, and places like that. But it just seems that it's just such a small and specific type of, uh, vertical within media and I just wonder where you see it going do you see it growing and 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 especially as media social media the influence of it and etc cetera, etc cetera, on politics and shifts and so on and I would sorry I would just add that like and how do you like argue for your value add yeah that's actually where I'm going with that question yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, it's been a journey. I've been doing this for 12 years um, and it's been an uphill battle the whole time um, to get people to take it seriously. And I just kind of am an extremely stubborn person and I feel like I've kind of been persistent at it. Um, there's definitely other people at my beat on my beat who have gone on to um, you know, work for cooler companies and kind of gotten out of the daily grind of writing. And I'm very much like a news person and I it's kind of just, I think, 
maybe out of spite a little bit too, just got like obsessed with like making people care because it just drives me crazy. And I, I also think that this is, it's so important. You know, you, you want people to understand the world around you so that we can have a better world and you can't, you can't build a better world if you're just keep your head in the sand about what's going on. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a journey. I mean, it's just me fighting all the time with like people for a while I was fighting to get hired, fighting to get bylines. Now, definitely. I think it's, it's widely accepted, so I don't really have to fight, but it, but it does, there's a lot of explanation. Um, I think that that happens and I spend a lot of time educating, you know, people that I work with and educating the public and kind of, um, remaining accessible because I don't ever want to be that like condescending person. That's like, yeah. Oh, you fool. How could you not recognize this? Cause a lot people are busy, you know, it's not even necessarily malicious, but they just kind of don't pay attention. And, and so I, I, I try to do stories and frame my stories in a way that, that make people pay attention and make people want to read and they're entertaining and interesting. And you're kind of getting information, you know, you're absorbing it, but it's not like boring or anything like that. But some people, by the way, at every company I've worked at, there's people that don't get it and are always like, why did we hire this girl? I don't get her stories. Da, 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 da. They're legacy media people. They don't like that. I have a, you know, non-traditional background. I never went to journalism school. And, um, Woo! yeah, <laughs> those people <laughs> suck. Those people are not that they suck, but like they're living in an alternate reality. They're oh my God. Okay. And it's dead. Yeah. We, we talked about, we actually talked about this last week and literally. like people who have gone to journalism school and like, it's no, not everyone is like this, but it's like, they're like, here's my sandbox and I'm playing within my sandbox and that's it. And because this, and they're not, there's a failure to recognize that media has changed and how we consume news and other media has changed. Which tells me the journalism school hasn't changed. Right. And we should want it to change more, right? Like we should be advocating for change in our industry. Like there's a lot of ways that the media industry is fucked up. And my feeling is like, it is important to preserve these institutions. I'm not anti-institutionalist in the sense that, you know, sometimes I do want to burn down all the legacy media companies, like, but you know, it drives me crazy, but I, I really feel it's so they're an important check on power and, and serve a role in democracy. And so I, you know, I just want them to get with the times because they're losing relevance every single year and they don't understand this, this climate that we're operating in. They are living in la la land where they are the authority and they don't, they have as much authority as a lot of like YouTube T channels sometimes. And so, you know, everybody needs to like recognize that so that we can operate within that climate and, you know, retain our relevancy and authority and continue to hold power to account and do good work and educate people about the world. That's our job is to, to, you know, inform people and entertain people and spread the truth. And so, yeah, (laughs) I'm just like ranting, but uh, yeah. No, I'm like nodding because I, I'm, these are the conversations I've been having the last couple of weeks, as I was telling you off mic. And, you know, about I first of all, I find it interesting that, you know, to think that preserving journalism is preserving your view on journalism is just fundamentally flawed. Um, Journalism has to evolve and breathe. And it's it's it has to be able to sort of match with people's 
lifestyles in terms of how they change. It's like exactly how people are consuming news. I saw an oh my gosh kind of article about oh my gosh, Gen Z is getting their news off TikTok. I'm like, millennials got their news off YouTube. Oh God, don't even- Like, come on, like, you're not used to this now? We're like 12 years. They spent the last decade with their head in the sand, ignoring all of those shifts. And now now they're blaming it on younger generation. It's like, guys, it's your fault that you're not with it. Like, it's not that hard to pay attention. And also just be, like you said, not be condescending about it. Like, yeah something I feel very strongly is kind of like being encouraging and also encouraging young people to pursue journalism in whatever way they kind of feel speaks to them and experiment with new formats and and welcome young people into the industry, you know, and, and listen to them instead of just. And have your own style. Like there is a legacy media style that all sounds the same. And like, so when, when I do my writing, I, because I have a background, um, an economist background, I add in a lot of fucking, and Aaron and I from the public service, we're just like, we add in a lot of, you know, surveys and studies and shit like that, because we're nerds, you know what I mean? And that's not really done, especially in column writing. And I find that, no, you need to I, I feel like there's an expressiveness that every journalist has and can write or present news in the way that matches that in a way. And because not everybody is going to want to deliver the same way. Yeah. And I always say, you know, like it's, it's up to you, right? There's amazing. I have a friend that's phenomenal data journalist, like not really on social media, but like loves to dig into numbers and, you know, programming languages and things to kind of express data. And that's amazing. That's so great. Like that's a really necessary role in journalism and Mm -hmm. they should pursue that. Um, Just as much as somebody making TikTok videos in a certain area wants to inform someone like, you know, we all, the formats change, um, but I think we all should share the goal of wanting to spread truth and hold power to account and inform and entertain people. And that's kind of our job and help people understand the world. That's definitely what I would say the goal of my job is. And, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, I, the one thing every time, like these cable news people are are mad at me or whatever, like, I just, I just think like, I'm, you know, I'm going to have the last laugh because it's the world's not getting less digital. The world's not going back to the world that they, you know, they're still operating like it's the 1990s and, you know, good luck to them. I it's, I don't feel that I'm competing with them, you know, so I'm Mm. not, I don't, I try to just not think about that. It's like, it's like what you wrote about Instagram. It's like, look, we're not at 2014 people. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, ouch. <laughs> I was like, I want to crawl in a logical feed. <laughs> but, but you made a good point in saying that we are not even interacting with the content the same way. We're not leaving comments on people's still photos. We're DMing. We are apparently Instagram is now half Twitter. Uh, so, <laughs> or whatever they're doing, but, but we're liking reels and we're liking stories. I love Instagram stories. 
I really do. I, I think that that is a really fucking effective way of giving people quick news. 